More music, more music, more music, more music. You're listening to Radio On, and this is the tape review show just before Christmas 2023. Very special event here. Mim King from the UK. Oh, hang on a second. I've just got to bring your microphone in. Mim King from the UK. Monday evening greetings. And Jason Oney, the one and only. Good evening, everyone. And Rena's van Alabic. I'm holding my cuff. <laughs> holding your what? Already? Oh. Okay. And, and yeah, the, the plan was that we were going to go straight into a CD, wasn't it, Rena? So you're going to say anything about the CD? It's by Ted Traeger, and the CD is great, and I, that's why I want to play it right away, so that we won't forget. Great. Okay. All right, we'll just bring it in. So that's pretty amazing on our show to go straight in with some music. Yeah. Normally we talk for like 20 minutes and then forget about the music and then go into something. So here it goes, Ted Traeger. <laughs>
to radio on the delightful sounds the uh, sounds very Christmassy as well of Ted Traeger well that's uh, what he uh, opens his uh, postcard with uh, Christmas is ruined although this is uh, a release by uh, Dai and you know how to pronounce it Dai Seelerkamp yeah uh, he's from Wales so Christmas is ruined just in time to ruin Christmas lovely work by that my mysterious northerner as always and on the packaging I shall treasure it Here's a zine I made, which uh, Dai is in, and a CD of stuff I made for the personal business project Hal McGee instigated. Happy New Year! But uh, this this uh, postcard was from last year. Oh yeah. So okay. uh, this this all came very uh, um, in time. As last Christmas post. Yeah. And since uh, the Hal McGee name is mentioned, that's uh, one of the 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 masters of uh, dictaphone uh, manipulations and dictaphone recordings. I guess that uh, what we heard was <laughs> also yawning in the background. a kind of mix from uh, dictaphone recordings. <laughs> Did you Ted Traeger. Ted Traeger, ladies and gentlemen. Check him out, check him out, check him <laughs> out. Um, beautiful, beautiful, really beautiful zine things and uh, drawings and uh, illustrations, etc., etc. So Hi. isn't that a classic example of music concrete? Good question. Yeah. What's the definition of music concrete? I don't know exactly the definition. I thought music concrete incorporates sound field recordings with maybe perhaps here and there elements of conventional music. Um, anyway, what we just heard struck me as being mm. exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, uh, it sounded very Christmassy. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> we, we can tag it with music concrete and Christmas. Nice. Yeah, a new genre. Okay. Cro, 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 Chris. Chris Cronus. Chris <laughs> <laughs> have you ever owned a dictaphone, Mim? Yeah, I did have a little one. Yeah. A little, yeah, just a little press button one. I think it recorded about 20 minutes worth of something. Mm. Depends mm. on the tape you put in it. Yeah, little, little mini tapes yeah. that it had. And what did you do with it? Oh. I mean, what what kind of recordings? Did I, you I would actually yeah. record just sounds I might hear, mm. like on street corners, or if I was away. Mm. I remember being where was I in Porto, oh Porto, in in um, Portugal, mm. and there being a market with lots of birds, but also dogs as well, and and just recording all these sounds of animals, mm. and then trams, and yeah. So I so you, your that. ears are open all the time. Yeah, yeah, so just having a aural recording rather than a photograph mm. of a place. Right. Yeah. And Jason, have you ever owned a, one of these? Several. Um, I used to have uh, <laughs> a mini cassette. Ah. Yeah. Dictaphone, like something you would put inside an answering machine? Yes. You'd use an answering yes, machine? this is what I had, yeah. But then all of a sudden, uh, Lauren Chassis ah. turned me on to the Olympus Digital Dictaphone. It was about as big as your thumb, mm. had a big silver button in the middle, ah. and uh, you could record. I, I don't think I ever maxed out the memory capacity on one of those things. Mm. Um, whatever, it, what ended up happening is, uh, you know, rainwater got in it. 
Um, a skunk or a squirrel might have <laughs> urinated on it. Uh, something chewed on it. Um, it got stepped on. That's what ultimately ended up happening to those things. Actually, I just came across a box in my room. I've got three or four of them. The little cassettes? No, the, oh. the actual digital Olympus. Oh. And I wondered, do they have, do they have little mini servers in there or something? I mean, could I re could I retrieve that information somehow? It'd be neat to listen to oh, 20 years yeah. after the fact. I, yeah, I imagine you can just connect it to something and then uh, there might be a program you need, but we'll mm -hmm. ask our listeners. Uh, okay. may maybe Santa Claus will bring it in for you. In, oh. Uh, in one of those yeah. <laughs> for a while there, they got pretty expensive, mm. but now because there's no more, no longer a focus on them. Mm. Uh, if you were to go to Saturn or any of those places, you mm. can get one for like six euros. Right. I I remember distinctly because my my dad was a manager of this insurance company when I was a kid, and uh, whenever we went to see him in this in his big office with a picture of the Pilgrim Fathers behind him, the Plymouth Fathers, he had his this dictaphone in his hand and he was dictating to his secretaries. Oh. Um, now, pause, new paragraph, full stop. Uh, we will be going down to blah, 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 five pounds on the horses, full stop, paragraph. Uh, Joan, can you get that down uh, before 9 a.m. on Tuesday? And, and that was my impression of these things. So whenever I see them, they always remind me of sure. like my dad's work and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah, so there's this sense of boredom with them but also not knowing what what they're for and also that they were used with those typing machines and stuff like that when people really uh, had yeah, real had typewriters speed typing. Stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 that's all you could hear in the office all the click, time click, this click, kind click, of click, click, click. well like um uh, mim mm. just said uh, mm. it's almost like um an oral photograph right it's yeah it's like mm. having a polaroid yeah. Mm. Um, yeah i've still got the tapes as well amazingly enough yeah of, of him chatting away Mm. Chatting away. I think um, um, Nikki Sudden told me that some of those old Swell Maps recordings were actually done on Lois, Nikki's mom's right uh, a dictaphone that they would just set up. Amazing. In the living room, and then the Swell Maps would just mm. play, and that's what they recorded to. Mm. That, that little tape, that little cassette, you know? They do actually kind of sound like it, too. Mm. Some of that early stuff. Oh. I guess I should uh, ask Renus about his uh, earliest <laughs> tape. Have you, how many have you got, Renus? Dictaphones? Yeah. You must have loads. You are the dictaphone I don't, king. I really Kids. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So many in your cupboards. You open the, the, them, they fall out. There must be between 10 and 20, but oh, I really don't oh, know. Wow, I didn't sorry. expect that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But course. there's another... Round of questions, which I'm going to sort of yeah. introduce now, is your earliest Berlin you, memory. You want your you want your answer on the music uh, concrete? Oh yeah, true. Sure. You, oh, okay. What else can we say? You knew, you know the definition. Um, I know a little bit the history. So maybe so maybe from the history, uh, we can define what it is because uh, spoiler alert, I think this. Uh, um, Definition was only valid in the 50s oh. and maybe the early years of the 60s. Okay. Uh, as long as I was a real to real recorder, but when once that was uh, um, joined by uh, the cassette tape and four track recorder, I think this uh, definition lost its power and its use. Mm. So, this is all this all started in, in, in France. Uh, with a guy called uh, Pierre Schaefer, but in fact it was happening in all the radio 
Phonic uh, Studios of now in the in the studios of the radio, where they found out that there was a lot of possibilities that you could do with tape recorders, with real real recorders. And Pierre Schaeffer thought, "Well, okay, I've got these recordings on tape, not necessarily recordings he made out in the open, also music." And he thought, "Well, okay, if I cut the tape and glue it to something else, then I might be able to create some kind of different music, all through mechanics." And he called this music concrete. Okay. And uh, he tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and in the end, he. Uh, um, he uh, concluded that he failed in his uh, experiment because music, according to him, was all coming down to do re mi, and mm. there's no do re mi in <laughs> the in the recordings that he had. Okay. But um, meanwhile, um, all those guys with uh, with uh, with the big reel to reel machines and and maybe the the giant rock star is uh, is Luc Ferrari. But you're really talking about Egypt, Cologne. Warsaw, Warsaw, London, everywhere they were doing these experiments. Even uh, William Burroughs was doing this. Mm, right, yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. just gluing them together. And I know from a visit to uh, the house of uh, Luc Ferrari, then that, but his wife is uh, still living, that, uh, and she told me that his uh, way of, of working was having four Nagras, Real-to-real and and, and that's and that's uh. the Rolls Royce in the in the real to real world. Uh, four Nagras. Uh, connected to one mixer and that's how he mixed everything mm. wow. and before it was already uh, manipulated mm-hmm. so um, but then the, the four track came and on the four track you don't have to cut the tape anymore you just put them one to the other and then people started just throwing mm. everything into it mm. right and uh, and I think with the development of music, with new music, etc., 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 this this experiment was very short-lived. And with those people who did it in those years, the originators, I think when they stopped, the whole thing stopped. Mm-hmm. And now, if people say, "From this is music concrete," now I don't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think you you have to use scissors and and uh, and, right. and glue the tape to, uh, together. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't do it digitally. Mm. There's there's so many genres mm. and subgenres that mm. uh, the definition gets it's watered down, it's diluted. Mm. Yeah. Maybe there'll be an AI that that can you know put cut things up with scissors and stuff and make collages and <laughs> all sorts of things. A lo-fi AI. Oh no. Look, I'm going to edit this out of the show. So you seven people that are listening now, they you can't use that, right? We know who you are. We know where where you live, which countries you live in anyway. We don't know actually know your addresses, but but in any case, yeah, yeah. Lo-fi. I've even forgotten what I just said. Anyway. Yum. Yeah. Low flying low, aphids, something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's loads of questions that come up which are kind of, kind of connected to that, but I, I wanted to <laughs> just go round and ask your earliest memories of Berlin. <coughs> your earliest memories, mm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mim's got a hand up. It was <laughs> this very week, 44 years ago, so December 1979, <laughs> and um, would have come on the train from London to Harwich and then Hook van Holland and then a train into Berlin. I was, I was at art college and wanting to see the Berlin Wall mm. and it would have been night time 
and approaching where the wall was and being surprised how it wasn't very big because I grew up in in Shepherd's Bush in London next to Wormwood Scrubs Prison, which was the biggest male prison in Britain. Mm -hmm. And the Berlin Wall looked quite little compared to it. So that was my first impression, was wanting to, to see the Berlin Wall. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it's not as big as I thought it would be, but obviously, yeah. Once, yeah, you could see over the top. Yeah. I guess there was it. Wormwood Scrubs. Wormwood Scrubs. Yeah. Did that yeah. have guys with guns and and uh, dogs it had and stuff the like very that? first CCTVs put oh, up because oh. there'd be lots of escapes. Mm. So the first cameras I ever saw that followed you because there'd be a footpath around the back of the prison. Uh, and you'd, yeah, I'd be walking with my, my friends because it was a big open space at the back of the prison. And these cameras would follow you. Amazing. So cameras. I mean, yeah. you was, we were saying in another show, you were saying, Rena, that the, the, there is this footage now from, from the East German guards that would be filming people. Uh, Andy Warsaw. Andy Warsaw. <laughs> Andy Warsaw. <laughs> you guy, you can't use that one either, right? That's a new one. Uh, .com. Andy Warsaw.com. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, this footage is now available for anyone to see. It's very daily life sort of stuff. But, yeah. but now it's historical, of course, you know, because... You might be able to spot yourself in the pictures. You might, Mim, you probably got this probably footage of you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I then came back a summer 1980, and I can certainly, yeah, remember. What were you wearing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I me and my boyfriend at the time. We had, oh, God, it sounds really silly now. We both had grey zip-up jumpsuits on and backpacks and peaked hats mm. and... We probably looked a little bit suspicious because you could go up those uh, onto the platforms and look over the wall, mm. but then you'd see the the watchtower, mm. watchtowers, and then the watchtowers would be we would be the guards with cameras with really really long sure. lenses, mm. and certainly having mm. them focused on us. Mm. Yeah. So there's a file on you somewhere. Yeah, and then it being a bit difficult to go through Checkpoint Charlie because they took, yeah, our passports away at one point. And anyway, it, it was all okay. Got through. Good. <laughs> Got through. Came Jason, back again. Jason, earliest memories of Berlin? Uh, I can definitely tell you, but hold on. You, yeah, go on. Now you've got me hooked. What was the name of this prison? Wormwood? Wormwood Scrubs. Great name. Mm. It's a great <laughs> okay. drink as well, apparently. So, the so jam used to. Uh, the jam had the single. Oh, ah, go on. Oh. Uh, down in the tube station at yes, midnight. Yes. Yes. And we used to listen to that. Yeah. And then Weller would go. They smelled of pubs. And wormwood scrubs, scrubs and too many right wing meetings. And we're like, going, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait what yeah. did you just say? And we would listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. And I remember my buddy Bob going, I think he said wormwood something. Wormwood like? scrubs was the name of the prison. <laughs> yeah. We did have no idea in the world what that. In fact, actually, up until just till right now, I didn't know that wormwood <laughs> so, scrubs is a prison. So wormwood is a, is a, a type of bush right. and scrub means scrubland. Mm -hmm. So Wormwood Scrubs Prison was built possibly 1880s on what would have been Mm scrubland on the edge of London. Okay. So that's what it's called. Is not Wormwood that 
yes. active agent in absinthe. Exactly. Ah, exactly. Yeah. maybe. Well, you can. It's a prison and it's a drink mm. and uh, and it's a radioactive zone in uh, in the former Uc- uh, Ukraine. What was the name of the the ra- the nuclear power station? Uh, Chernobyl. Me, yeah, Chernobyl is. It, is ah. Wormwood in Russian, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Oh, I never knew that. Everything's I coming knew now. That. I never knew that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everyone out there is going like, I just Googled it. It's not true. But, <laughs> but I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the question at hand was my first memory of Berlin. Mm. Um, I guess my first memory of Berlin had everything to do with Checkpoint Alpha, mm. which would be Helmstedt, West Germany. That was that border that we had to pass through mm. um, on the immediate East German, West German border mm. uh, before you even got on the Autobahn to uh, Berlin, West Berlin. So I remember definitely being held up there by the East German border personnel. They, they must have kept us for two or three hours, just wow. absolutely going through the van like crazy. And then we were allowed to drive, and then we checked into, then we pulled at checkpoint Bravo, which would have been on the edge of West Berlin and Brandenburg, East Germany. Um, actually, checkpoint Bravo, you can still see whatever freeway or autobahn that is that you take from the west, approaching Berlin from the west. You pass through uh, this section of, um, well, it's on the Potsdam Berlin border. And you can see all these facility buildings around all over the place, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Checkpoint Bravo. And there, oh. the East Germans had a, an old Russian World War II T-34 tank mm. on this pedestal. Ah. Oh. Right? And then in Cyrillic around it, it said, Old Glory to the Red Army, something like this. Um, that's long since gone. The pedestal is there, but the tank is long since gone. Oh. Yeah. But that, that facility place is still out there. And then when we got into Berlin, I remember just like hanging around. It was like punk rock stuff. Um, uh, we played at this place called Clash over here in Meringdom. Right. Um, it was dark. Uh, it was summer, so it was warm. Um, just hanging around and I just kind of pinching myself because I couldn't believe that I was actually in oh. Berlin. What year was that? 80, that would have been 87. That was a little so, bit later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But before 86, the wall came down, yeah. The wall was very present. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then... When we left Berlin, two days later, we had to go to Hamburg, and we were on that autobahn or whatever that section of road is you call between, back in the day, between West Berlin and Hamburg. And there, when we were out in the countryside, we got stopped by Soviet military police (laughs) who hauled us out of the vehicle, uh, made us pull everything out. They wanted to look at everything. Um, And right there was an old German barracks that the Soviets had taken over after the war. There was all kinds of Soviet armor haphazardly parked just all over the place. I mean, compared to like what I imagine a NATO um, tank harbor looking like. I mean, this was just like, you know, stuff was parked sideways, diagonal, uh, almost on top of each other. Crazy. Yeah. And they hauled us out and they started asking all kinds of questions and looking at things. Um, of course, they never harmed us. They didn't point their weapons at us or anything like that. But I remember it was at some point, a, a Dutch woman who was with us, Joanna Mock, she said, okay, guys, this is the point where they probably want us to give them money or let's just give them T-shirts and albums. <laughs> so we just started giving them T-shirts and albums. Wow. And they were like a bunch of 18, 19-year-old military <laughs> police. I mean, they were just like 
your bumpkins. Maybe they thought you were the Rolling Stones or something like they that. They didn't think Jason. that, but they didn't think that, but um, it got us out of there real quick. Yeah. So that definitely made a huge impression. Um, and of course, seeing the Berlin Wall, you just mentioned those wooden um, observation platforms yeah. you could climb up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was actually just today, um, one of my colleagues at work posted an image yesterday of both Bowie and Iggy. <gasps> Standing at the uh, Neue Wache, you know, oh, and and wow. you know Bowie looking very much like the Thin White Duke, mm-hmm. and Iggy's got these, you know, these U.S. paratrooper boots on, laced up with some sort of cargo pants stuffed into him with like a Clark Kent kind of like trench coat. And he's got this yeah. platinum blonde floppy haircut yeah. and just doing that yeah. that shit eating Iggy Pop yeah. smile, you know, and David Bowie keeping it cool, and then. The looks on the faces of the uh, the East German honor guard <laughs> standing at the entryway to the Neue Wache, just sort of like trying to keep a straight face, but like just looking at Iggy and, and <laughs> David, you know, that. So um, based on that, I found a picture today of the Sex Pistols when they were in Berlin. Right mm. after God Save the Queen came out, McLaren had to get them out of England real fast. Mm. Yeah, I think, didn't Rotten get stabbed? He got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got stabbed. And Paul Cook oh. got the living crap beat out of him somewhere. Um, and I think so, this was all Mac- McLaren's sort of... Uh, machinations. Part, part, part of his kind of strategy, wasn't it? To make them as hated as possible and beaten up as possible. But anyway, that's... Well, he took a, certainly aside. took advantage of the situation. So um, I think initially they were in Amsterdam. And then they were in Berlin only for two days. They didn't play a show here. The Sex Pistols were just in Berlin for like two days. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> that they played then, in Amsterdam. And then, I don't think they played Amsterdam, but they were in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, and then they went up to Scandinavia. And they did a series of shows in Scandinavia. They did. I know that they did one in Oslo. I think they did one in Gothenburg. They mm. did one... Uh, I don't, but they were up there for like, did four or five dates up there. Mm. And then gradually he brought them back into the UK and... You know, mm. but anyway, um, I, so I posted that picture, and it's a four sex pistols standing on the western side of the partition in front of the Brandenburg Gate, oh. and that kind of reminded me uh, that picture, <laughs> oh. that type of weather, because we we were here we were here in the summertime, and then we came back in November. Mm. Very different. And, oh yeah, it was very different. And <laughs> snow, it was it must free. Have been snow. Mm. There was no snow, but oh. I just I just remember how filthy mm. Kreuzberg. Right. In fact, Heinrichplatz here where we are. Mm. How filthy Heinrichplatz was. Rio Riser Platz. Rio Riser I mean, just blood, <laughs> blood. human feces, dog feces, <laughs> um, junky vomit, <laughs> uh, needles, shattered glass, sure. uh, chicken bones. <laughs> um, just every. That's our Christmas recipe. Christmas dinner <laughs> recipe for you out there, folks like who have just joined us. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that was my first um, first memory of it. Thank you very much. Reeners, come on, you must have a memory. Or, or maybe we don't count because we're replicants. We, we are. don't have real memories. Yeah. They're just implanted, aren't they? Oh, I can hear some buzzing as well. Look at that. Yeah, so we must be replicants. Um, shall we go to a tape? Yeah, sure. Or uh, We were sent in something... Um, Where we? we are at this one because that was in the packet with uh, the Robert Pepper uh, uh, surprise uh, package. <laughs> and what with, is it? With with the, with the pinup tape. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
this this lady posing like a, so fun. like the black Madonna with a white face, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. then this Polish tape with the Dutch word papier in it, which I don't understand, and then the Robert's own tape. Mm. Yeah. Can you say who Robert Pepper is for those people that are not? Robert pe- Pepper is uh, the guy from uh, Bus. Bus music, and uh, of course uh, he w- he works with uh, um, he works with the French language because pas musique uh, would would be then uh, it's not music, mm. uh, but P A S is an abbreviation of uh, post mm. abortion stress Eek. or something like that. A may might be something else, but it's very very tough. But Paz, yeah, Paz music, yeah. yeah, not music, and that's the, isn't that the name of your book? <laughs> I'm plugging your book now, Rebus. Uh, what? You've got a book out? No, this is not music. No, this well, this, not- this maybe there will be a reissue. Uh, Lula, are you listening? Uh, and it's it uh, stop the music. Don't stop the music. No, stop, stop. <laughs> Can't stop okay. the stop music. It. Stop, don't, stop don't the music. Paul Williams, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Can't stop the music. <laughs> oh, re- quickly before Rena says, uh, talking about Paul Weller and the, and I was uh, putting Maya, my my child, to sleep the other day, and I found myself singing a mantra of um, "You're the best thing that ever happened to," and I couldn't remember. That was the Style Council. Wasn't it was it? the Style Council right. with Paul Weller. You're the best, and thing I never that liked ever happened. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> To me, oh, God. I like that. And, I like uh, some of that style council stuff. Not all of it, it's but some funny, of it was good. Yeah, Paul Weller <laughs> it never really struck me as like I never really liked his stuff. But of course, I went back to this style council thing, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, incre- it's incredible for its time. And even mm-hmm. now, it's, it stands the test of. And he has a pretty good voice. Uh, I mean, that's subjective. He was singing on Brighton Beach some point earlier this year. Early in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, because no, he's got a <laughs> band. Is it High Flying Birds? Oh. No, that, that's, that, that's, oh, that's that's the Noel Oasis, Gallagher. Oasis ah, no Gallagher. That's Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Okay, Maybe it was Paul both Weller. of them. Right, Sorry. but 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 they yeah. but but uh, um, yeah. Noel Gallagher and uh, Weller they collaborate. Yeah, okay. So they, I knew it because they uh, just don't seem to smile. They seem yeah. to be very aggressive. <laughs> They'd be throwing Brighton Beach uh, stones mm. at people and and seagulls and things like that. I can would I, imagine. Can I say something just real quick about um, <laughs> um, your book, um, Paul Weller and his various bands and his aesthetics? You mentioned he never smiled and mm. things like that. Mm. Um, as kids, you know, the jam were as for a bunch of Americans were pretty exotic, mm. oh. and um, you could get the record. Certainly, um, they did play a couple of times in the early days in San Francisco. Mm. But after that, you never, ever, ever saw them. And the jam were kind of punk rock heavies. But then, I think it was 84 or 83 when the Style Council started putting out records. Mm. And I remember this, a friend's little brother had a 12-inch EP. Um, Long Hot Summer, I think, was the track. Mm. And we looked at the cover. (laughs) There's Paul Weller in like these white, pressed slacks with like Mm. a fuzzy sweater Mm. you know wrapped over his shoulders and (laughs) just to us it just seemed this is the the most that was thatcher wasn't it 
Sorry, you tell you tell you tell me you tell me just just back from an, uh, from a from a holiday to Italy and then we picked this up <laughs> right that's all the the hedonist fashion of the 80s mm. right as a matter of fact I think on the cover champagne was, and who, cocaine who was the other guy Mick Talbot was the other guy I think in the style council oh, together and right. he was he, Mick Talbot if I'm not mistaken was in the Purple Hearts or in the Vendettas or one of these British. Punk era mod bands, ah, right? Can I put some culture in this uh, <laughs> in this show? <laughs> I thought I was doing that right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> you know Brighton Beach. You're all talking about Brighton Beach, and of there, course yeah. it's the beach in Brighton, mm-hmm. no? Mm-hmm. But it's also a part of New York. Ah, oh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe a song mm. by the Ramones, if I can stay a little bit on your level. Rockaway Beach. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you 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 mentioned Brighton Beach, mm. and I immediately think of uh, Isaac Bashevis Singer, mm. which is one of the biggest writers of the last century. So that's it. <laughs> that's your injection of culture, readers. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, Lim, Lim. I think Nobel Nobel Prize uh, end of the seventies, early eighties. Really, really. If you need a book, like uh, look it up, uh, folks. You, you, you're tired of your Jean Le Carré or whatever, mm. and then, uh, or, or, Ru- or Ruth Randall mm. or Agatha Christie. Can you say it once again? I don't know how to pronounce the middle name. It's B A S H E V I S. Bashish, and it's. Not hashish. Bashish. Bashish. Maybe. And it's Jewish, of course, because mm. it's Isaac Bashevis, mm. Bashish mm-hmm. singer. Mm. From Warsaw, I think, via Berlin mm. to uh, to New York. That that was your... And, uh, and, and, and coming back to the dictaphone, yeah. uh, he might have uh, dictated his stories in Yiddish into a dictaphone ah. for a secretary mm. to type them out mm. because they were originally written in Yiddish. Got to say, before we play the tape... You, you want the Berlin connection? Oh, uh, no, I was just going to okay. quickly say that, Mim, you, you, if I'm right in saying you went from uh, <coughs> London to Warsaw to then Berlin. Is no, that right? No, it was Lon- the, 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 the summer after the December when I first come... We got a one-way ticket to Vashawa. Oh, Vashawa. Vashawa, mm. Warsaw. Mm-hmm. But I th- I only went because it was the title of a David Bowie track. I'd right. been in Berlin that mm-hmm. previous winter, wow. and at Friedrichstrasse there was a mm-hmm. train that said Warsawa. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's a Bowie track. Right. That, mm. That's got to be worth going to. So somehow, with a lot of complication, got enough visas and whatnot mm-hmm. to get a one-way ticket. Mm-hmm. To Warsaw, and that was July 1980. Wow. Sounds yeah. so romantic. It was harsh, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was really uh, harsh. If you stand on a different platform, you go to Neukölln. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Same album. Mm. But it was, yeah, so it was getting, like you were saying, it was getting the train from London mm-hmm. to Holland, through West Germany, through the border into right. East Germany, mm. and then the border from East Germany into West Germany. Right. And every, everywhere would get searched. Mm. You know, the border guards would come on often with mm. Alsatian dogs, mm. unscrew panels around your feet in case... There's anyone hiding in there. Uh, I can always remember when the train came in to West Berlin. There was like this very low bridge that the train went through that had guards with guns on the top. Mm -hmm. So they were checking no one was lying on the top of the train. Right. 
crazy. Trying to get from East Germany into West Berlin. Mm. And, um, yeah, and then, then we continued from Friedrichstrasse to Vashawa, mm-hmm. Warsaw, mm. um, and then from there to Krakow, mm. wow. Krakow to... Mm. Ah, Budapest, and anyway, yeah, it was a... Oh, that's neat, you got e- to do that stuff and see that All that, that stuff in 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite harsh. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, okay, Dr. sounds. Dr. Pepper. No, no, no <laughs> sorry. Here it goes. Play it!
radio on, and that's uh, Robert Pepper. Um, oh. Not, um, not Am the I Dr. Pepper. Sponsored by <laughs> a drink coming your way. Hello, hello. I found that beat very effective. Yeah. Mim, what did you think yeah, of that beat? I found it very tickly. Mm. Like, oh, tickly. And I also had an image of like lots of effervescent kind of balloons going up, but then this, oh. this kind of bass holding them down on these very thin strings. Mm. Maybe you okay. can find the image in this booklet because he also paints. Oh. Ah, let's pass the booklet to... Uh, I'm wondering if that beat was synthetically, artificially produced, or if that's actually... A balloon. No, a real... Being hit. A real yeah. percussive Instrument. surface being banged on. Do you think we'll ever find out? Ooh. That resonance. Was that resonance real? That yeah. vibration, that... Could be a synth. That ring, yeah. Could, could be, be also could be a, a very fun. metaphysical question. Was that resonance real? <laughs> Which reminds me of my dear buddy Lauren Chassis, mm. who, um, you know, together with Michael Northam, I think this is something that those guys shared, um, they were not satisfied and never would have ever relied on any kind of MIDI artificially produced sound. Ah. Everything had to be organic. Mm. All sounds had to be organic. Now, mm. when that stuff was mixed, way back in the day, there was stuff like Pro Tools. I mean, Pro Tools today is like, what, archaic? Or does anybody even know what Pro Tools I, is I anymore? it's still being, I mean, how, you know, uh, you have to talk about which, what, where and which studios or home studios or what. But, yeah. But yeah. Okay. But, yeah. but dumping all that stuff into Pro Tools and then producing it that way was one thing. Mm. But at the source, all of the sounds had to be organic. Mm. So you could never get, they would never have dealt with a AI produced resonance like what we just heard that. Was that? <laughs> I don't Not know. Saying isn't Robert, isn't everything AI these days? <laughs> Good question. Aren't all our fruits and vegetables AI or artificial? Uh, artificial mm. intelligent. Well, artificial something. Artificial something. Yeah. Or they genetically, are. genetically. I think you've just they invented are. something there, Jason. Right. You know. All mm. right, that's another copyright thing. There's like three copyrighted things with this show. Okay, you can't. Uh, you can develop them, but <laughs> never uh, knew that. But you know, yeah. Mm. But when we're um, in space, you know, heading towards the outer heavens, then, yeah, remember us. The outer heavens? Speaking of which, did anybody see the beautiful moon tonight? Oh. Yes. Wow. Yeah, really bright moon. Mm. It's, um, I think Nick Cave coined it. It's, the moon became a fang. The moon looks like a wolf fang. Oh, yes, it is it's tonight, It's sort of a it? sickle moon, but it's kind of just like a... Yeah, like, like it's a bang to, on the sky. It's about to bang into something. <laughs> to bring something down. Mm. Kreuzberg Moon. Okay, how do we get to? How do we get from David Bowie? To, how do we get to Wormwood Scrubs to uh, Wolfang Moons? To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jumping around. Uh, wow, I'm looking at this booklet, and and it's quite. This is Robert Pepper's booklet. Oh yeah. Mm. Because he in this image there are like these little circular Moons. things yeah. going up there, and whoa, mm -hmm. it's very, very yeah, tickly. by tickly I mean I kind of get kind of shudder, shudders on my shoulders, shivers, shivers, shudders, kind mm -hmm. of not cold, more like shudders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just seeing if there's any moon images in this booklet. I'm kind of happy about that crazy looking moon tonight because it is December and we're only a few days away before Christmas which always reminds me of those absolutely stunning, gorgeous, wonderful early 70s BBC 
Christmas ghost stories. Oh, yeah. Wow. Those yeah. are good. Those are good. Which good, ones good. were your favorite then, Jason? Um, okay, so there's the one. Um, okay, well, there's a couple of them. Um, actually, you know who turned me? Giles Shum turned me on to these. <laughs> okay. You know Giles, right? No, no. You know Giles? Did the guy from London who lives here in the neighborhood? He's buddies with Chris Hughes and Nikki and John Evans and. Possibly. He's from London. Giles? You don't know? Oh, God. I thought you guys would have known each other because, from way back. Because we're from the UK. No, because, well, yeah, this, this because you're English kingdom. in Berlin and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a million of, <laughs> no, there's not millions <laughs> and millions and millions of do English you, in Berlin. Do you know everybody in London, do you think? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but can you walk down the street without someone saying hi to you? Often that happens in in. Mm. London sometimes I do bump into people mm, that sure. know, but certainly in Brighton. Not not mm. necessarily in London either. What about? Uh, can you mention anything about Roger Eno? Oh no, I'm embarrassed. Go on. No, I really love please. the music of Roger Eno. And Jason's I, looking a bit. Do you recognise Roger Eno? Who mm-hmm. is he? Is he in the Cocteau Twins? No, no, he's a he's a pianist and musician. Um, I knew where he lived. I really, I don't want to. He's the brother it. of another Eno. Oh, really? Eno. Are, they, are they siblings? Yeah, yeah. He's the brother. Brian Eno's eleven years older, I think. Mm-hmm. But I had really been wanting to meet Roger Eno to tell him that I loved his music, mm-hmm. and I, I did. I managed to meet him this this year. But I'm embarrassed. Why? I, I bumped, well, I, I bumped into him because I kind of knew where he lived and my friend lived in the same little village. Mm. And, and when I did, there he was, there he was walking along the pavement. And did I you just, buy a dog? I'd buy a dog? Yeah. Uh, no, I so I could walk around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah kind yeah, of yeah, alibi. Yeah. Yeah. From, no, and, I, I, and I just said, Roger, I've been looking for you. And he went, have you? Well, here I am. And he was very friendly. Mm. Yeah, it was all good. It was all good. Anyway, I don't that was the first occasion no, I met him. Do you guys still, <laughs> any of you still see Joe Jackson sitting around Kreitzberg and Neukölln? How would I recognize him? Because he looks like Joe Jackson. <laughs> What was the song he did? I remember there was a big... Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, maybe it's the stagnant side that he was off. We have got the show. Okay, okay, okay. I actually used to see him here at Gerlitzer Bahnhof all the time sitting with his husband, or... I, I don't know. Sometimes, okay. sometimes, okay. sometimes, sometimes, sometimes with a dog. No, I mean sometimes. Sometimes he's in drag. Sometimes he's mm. just you know in Joe Jackson clothes. Mm. Um, he sits over here. Mm. Um, who who else I used to see around all the time was uh, okay. These Americans, so you guys probably don't know who they are. Um, Bob Mould from Husker Du. Oh, I've heard. He of, and his yeah. husband lived in mm. Chernobyl for mm. a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Thurston Moore walking around here all the time. He didn't from live, Sonic Youth. Didn't live in Berlin. No, he didn't live in Berlin. But they were, mm. those guys were in Berlin all the time recording stuff. Ah. Um, Lydia Lunch he used to see in ah. Berlin walking around all over. Yeah. Um, and then um, Jay, Mas- shape, Jay Maskus. <laughs> and everyone. And by the way, I wanted mm. to talk to I'm you about scanning, this because I'm, I'm hoping that we would actually be able to maybe do an interview with him. Budgie from Susie and the Banshees. No way. Is he in Berlin? He lives in Grunewald. Whoa. And he's wow. been living there for a long, long time. And I guess he, I've, I, if anybody out there is listening to this, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, I heard he's extremely private. There's eight, yep. eight people listening. 
Okay, well, I'm not sure if it's actually true, but I've heard he's extremely private, but he'd be a great interview, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, great. Yes, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's because you and you, your phone are connected to our radio, no? That's the extra two listeners, or not? <laughs> yeah. huh? Don't think about it too much, okay. Brina's here about No, I'm scanning, oh. I'm scanning, I'm scanning. <laughs> Did I see any famous people in Berlin? Yeah. No, 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 no. Who have I seen? I uh, said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Mm. Um, you've got a David Bowie story, haven't you, Mim? Yes, yes, yes. How, if I was to say bread, cheese, and, and something, something... Don't be a beggar at the prison. Yeah, let's quickly <laughs> twang ourselves back. No, bread, bread, cheese, and a newspaper was what Rogerino was carrying. When oh, I into oh, yeah, him. that's right. That connects us again, not, doesn't not, it? Not no, but there was a that was before that. You, there's a connection with the Tate. Yeah, yeah, nearly, nearly, Jobs nearly, that we have nearly, nearly done nearly in our got lives. To give David Bowie a tour of. Tate Modern in London. You did? Nearly, nearly, well, but he, sorry, sadly, he passed away mm. just before I had that opportunity. I, well. I used to work at Tate um, Modern, Tate Britain, doing mm. private tours for people. Mm. And then I found out from one of the other people who worked there that, that he said on his, his very first tour that he gave, private tour, he was pretty nervous. Um, because he had to wait in an area to meet a family. And then someone organising that tour went to him and said, can you just wait somewhere more discreetly, like by the lift? Because it's quite a famous person and his family who's coming. And so this this person went to the lift, and as the lift opened, it, it was David Bowie mm-hmm. with Iman and their daughter Alexandra and another young teenager... And he had to give David Bowie a tour of Tate Modern. So when I found out that happened, I I spoke to the person in in charge of organising these tours. He'd booked just in the name David Jones. Right. His real name, right? Yeah, with his real name. So when I found out that happened, I, I requested that, did that happen often? And it was, yeah, he would often go to Tate Modern because... He, at the time, he'd been a big collector of art, had a fantastic art collection. Yeah. Oh, heavens, after he died, it was mm. all auctioned, and I went mm. to an exhibition mm. that Sotheby's did of all the paintings, you know, German Expressionist painting right. to, like, D- yeah. to British painters like Frank Auerbach. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, so I did, I was, I said, I would like that job. Does he come often? And to which the answer was, yes, he does, uh, because of his interest in art. And often he'd lend art that he owned to exhibitions. Mm-hmm. But, but the, the person who gave him the tour that day, I said, what did he look like? What was he, what was he wearing? Apparently Bowie had a flat cap on and was carrying a, a Sunday, it was a Sunday afternoon, he had a Sunday newspaper rolled in the crook of his arm. So, yeah, I was all lined up to be able to do the next visit that he had, but then he passed away. Yeah. Mm. So, there we go. And what was the name of your, sorry, I know I'm just hooking this in, but you, you had, for me, it was a brilliant name for your tour guide oh the one i did at tate 
Britain, mm. tea, bed, bread, and fags. Mm. So that was looking at British painting that had tea, tea bags or teapots mm. or sure. cups of tea, bread, beds, and, and cigarettes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Tea, bed, bed, and fags. Who bread. were the tea people? Ah, oh, um, Peter Blake. There was the kitchen sink painters yeah and oh i can't remember i would love <sighs> okay. to have looked up mm -hmm. this name of this artist from 1940s it was a beautiful painting of a street in battersea mm. and it had like barrage balloons up oh wow because barrage from the war from yeah the war. yeah so he painted mm. it in the war so these barrage balloons and it was an image of a couple of, of women carrying all their bedding, like rolled up mattress and mm -hmm. sheets and blankets. And in the foreground, uh, a beautiful, yeah, very detailed picture of woodbine cigarettes, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Maybe that could be a radio on T-shirt. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have your, your name in big letters. <laughs> I've got to find the name of that artist. Sadly, he, he, he I think, yeah, he, he, he died in the Second World War. Mm -hmm. I think the painting was from forty-two. Batters, yeah. is that sort of Hackney? Is that... Ah, Hackney's in is the it... east. Battersea is right by the Thames. Right. So, I've only seen it from the tube. Ah, yeah, Battersea. Actually... Used to have a big power station, which is now a shopping centre. With the force, with the force yes. stacks. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for an American, that was like Gothic London to us. Those <laughs> images, you know. Yeah. In fact, I remember when Animals, that Pink Floyd album, came yes. out. I had it. Yeah. Sit there and had my sister's house in San yeah. Francisco with headphones on, listening to it, mm. and I would just stare at that cover for hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And something about that sky over London was so yeah. dreamy to me. Yeah. And but. It was affected. They had produced it in some way that made it look older than it mm, was. It looked mm. like almost something from the 19th or the 20th century. Yeah. You know, yeah. really, really amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had pigs in the air as well, flying pigs by then. Pigs on the wing. So, David Bowie story. David Bowie story. Um, okay, so this is not my own personal David Bowie story. Um, a buddy of mine was in Santa Monica, Los Angeles hanging out at the fucking beach, mm. right? And uh, David Bowie is, like, in line at, like, a 7-Eleven, you know, getting his really? kid, like, a Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, too, he goes, he had a newspaper. Dude, he had, like, this newspaper. Did he? Under his what the hell? <laughs> he had this newspaper under his arm. And then, wow. all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, David Bowie goes, um, David Bowie goes, oh, my God, I seem to have forgotten my wallet. <laughs> really? And the and the person behind the counter goes, it's Bowie. On us. He goes, Bowie, <laughs> hit the beach. <laughs> and that was it. David Bowie got to us, got let off the hook for that seventy-five cent wow. uh, raspberry Slurpee or whatever it was. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. There's some advantages to being a rock star. Yeah. So, Ice cream for free or Slurpees for free. You guys, uh, as, as a tour guide here in town, mm. and as a matter of fact, I just ended a tour here about two and a half hours ago, three hours ago, the alternative tour. And I always conclude the tour with talking about Bowie and Iggy being in Berlin, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and um, the shape that those guys were in when they left Los Angeles in 1973, 1974. <laughs> I mean, those guys were just completely off the rockers. Mm. Yeah. And uh, coming here to Berlin trying to get their act together. Mm. 
Yeah. And they most certainly did. I mean, come on, what did Bowie get done here? Heroes, Station to Station? I thought it was The Lodger. I think Mim can Heroes. Yeah, yeah, it was Hero, Heroes, Station to Station. And, and The Lodger, right? It would have been Lodger. No, we were, or Low Heroes and low, Lodger. Low, yeah. low. Sorry, yeah, I got low. the low. Low. Got the low, yeah. low, low. Wrong, yeah, the low. Because mm-hmm. we were outside his house, weren't we? Yes. You know, just... Uh, Saturday. Yeah, 155. Hop... I can't say Hop, it. Hopstrasse. Yeah. Why? How come you guys didn't call me and tell me you're going over there? I would have loved. Well, to we went over swimming there. first. You go, do you like enjoy swimming? Uh, sometimes, not, I don't. <laughs> not in 150 with, uh, feet of salt daughter. water full of great white sharks and stuff the like salt that. Saltwater? No, no, I agree with you there. <laughs> but the saltwater place was shut actually, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But yeah, we we went to uh, sh- uh, uh, Stadtbad Schöneberg. Yeah, it's a beautiful sort of uh, place. And then on the way, it's back, gorgeous that place. That's fun. Men wanted to pay your homage, didn't you? So. Well, we were in the area. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the cafe just down the road. Yeah, Noisulfa. Mm. Um, uh, David Bowie stories. Okay, I've never. I personally, and I don't, I don't want to. The wine is kicking in, so I don't mean to. I'm not trying to take over the mic or anything like that. But I was giving a tour a few weeks ago, a private tour to a couple of old, an older English couple. Mm. Like maybe just a year older than me, so they were like sixty-two, sixty-three. They were old punk rockers from London, and I was giving them a, a Berlin rock and roll punk rock tour. Like, oh man, we got to get, we understood each other just fine. <laughs> we only needed about ten minutes to start really start talking, telling each other, swapping stories. Um, but when I was a little kid, like fifteen, sixteen, Steve Jones and Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols in San Francisco, walking around, running around. Um, Steve Jones threw a beer bottle at me. You know, uh, now I said, "Oh, that seems kind of extreme, but it's actually kind of cool." You know, I got, <laughs> I got, I got assaulted by a, I got a, I got assaulted by a real live sex pistol. You know, I, I played tambourine with a sex pistol Whoa, before he was a sex pistol. Which one? What? Glenn? Glenn, Glenn Matlock. Do you, yeah. you went to art school with him? No, I didn't. But I went to the school next to his school. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that? I mean. I, I, I've just got this. I left school just before I was 16. I didn't stay on to do mm. A-levels. but I, So I went to a girls' school. There was a thing in, in Britain called 11 plus. Mm. If you did well in your 11 plus, you, you went to go to a grammar school. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went to this girls' grammar school, which was next to the boys' grammar school. I went to a school called Burlington Girls' Grammar. And then Burlington was, goes to drama. Yes, doesn't it sound posh? <laughs> and I, I, I certainly wasn't. I wasn't at all. I was from council estate next sure. to the scrubs. Mm-hmm. But um, the boys' school was St. Clement Dane's Boys' Grammar, right next to the scrubs, though, right next to mm. the scrubs' prison. And I'd still go to the kind of discos. They would have, like, Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. But I'd left school. But I remember going to a Christmas get together the girls school with the boys school and and somewhat there was a band playing and they wanted someone to play a tambourine mm. and i got up on stage <laughs> and it was glenn matlock when he was still at school wow. i just remember mm. his really really thick eyebrows mm-hmm. his really thick eyebrows almost there. like almost like um like almost like keith moon keith moon eyebrows. <laughs> yeah yeah so i remember him from there <laughs> and then when was it? Seventy six, the Bill Grundy thing, right? Um, oh, yeah. Happened on t- TV. Mm. I was then going out with a boy from Clement Danes Grammar School oh. that I'd met at one of these events, and we were in a pub in Hammersmith, mm. and in comes Glenn Matlock, mm. 
and came and sat with us. And it was like a week or two after the mm. the, the Bill Grundy right. TV event. The yeah. Dolph and the Fury. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just remember, I can remember what I was wearing. I was thinking, oh, God. Oh, God, that's that part. Yeah, yeah. He was, I played tambourine with him like a year and a half <laughs> that's ago. That's amazing. And then at the time I was thinking, I can remember what I was wearing because I really hoped that I looked, you know, mm. punk enough. Yeah. yeah. I mm. remember I had overalls, no, blue overalls from, mm. from a hardware shop. Mm-hmm. I remember I was wearing those. Oh, like, that's a little bit like Banana Rama, no? Yeah, no, they bit, were years yeah. after that. Yeah, but a little bit after. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. there were mascots of the punk <laughs> So that's that's my Glenn Matlock story. That's cute. Yeah, wow. that's neat. But he plays with Blondie now, doesn't he? He, he plays with a bunch of people. Lots Wasn't of people. he also in Iggy's band? He's mm-hmm. been in. He's, yeah. been, he's been. He's been involved with mm. all kinds of stuff. I see stuff, yeah, because he's he, we're friends on Facebook. Would yeah. you believe? Yeah. But he's a, he seems like a really nice chap. Yeah. I would say. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing, Mem. Wow. Well, I can and say I played tambourine with the sex pistol. <laughs> that, that's also a T-shirt. <laughs> Before I think. he was one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you don't mind me interjecting, just yes, real quick. Um, so back to David Bowie. Um, um, <laughs> Please. Um, okay, so, has got his finger up please. now. <laughs> so um, something that I wasn't fully aware of, but something that um, Nikki, Nikki Sutton, mm. uh, made me be aware of, is that Bowie, very much like Mark Bolan was completely dedicated to his fans. Who would he be without his fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a classic example of this kind of rock star was, in fact, Mark Boland, mm-hmm. who spent all kinds of time talking to people. He would re- he would personally respond to letters, postcards. Um, Nikki, even I think even just even before the Swell Maps, was hanging around Mark Boland's office, wherever the hell in London that was, and Mark Boland would just like walk up to the office, had his own keys, and, you know, there'd be like 15, 16 kids hanging around outside, and and he would sit there and talk to everybody. He'd make people tea. He would, like, you know, crumpets and jelly and all kinds of... Yeah, he was completely dedicated, you know. And Nikki told me that um, Bolin told him, he goes, Nikki, if you ever get in a band, I will do everything I can Mm. to possibly uh, help you out. And Mm. sure, and then the Swell Maps came out. Mm. Yeah, Rough Trade. Mm. How many records did those guys sell? A ton. Okay, I don't know how instrumental Mark Bolin was in any of that. Okay, but I'm I, I digress. So um, similarly, Bowie, living in L.A. for a while, um, Darby Crash, The Germs. Okay, Darby was completely inspired by Bowie, and at one point in time, they knew both where Iggy and Bowie were living, and one time they were able to ascertain Bowie's car, and oh. Darby wrote some of his lyrics down. Um, I think it was. Ariel was the name of the song, and folded it up and with his phone number and his address under it and put it under Bowie's windshield wiper. Nice. And about a week and a half later, son, there's a letter here for you from David Bowie. Son, who's who's Bowie? David Bowie, son. You got a letter here from David Bowie. Right? (laughs) David Bowie, and then David Bowie, Mm. hey, read your lyrics. Mm. Neat stuff. Mm. Keep on... you know, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, lovely. totally how great. Encouraging. Yeah, how encouraging. Yeah. So that's kind of a neat story. That's kind of a fun story. Yeah, great. Yeah. Mm. Rainus. <laughs> like, like, yeah, can, great, Jason. Thank you. Hit. No, 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 no. no. I'm only saying. Stop taking over the radio, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> what would you expect? <laughs> More wine. I can hear Rainus thinking. I'm all right. I'm on the tea. Okay. Yes. Thank you. What in the world is that, monsieur? 
That that was part of a that was part of a. There's a thin Lizzy song. Plan. Whiskey. Whiskey in a jar. Yeah. Oh oh, Renus is handing me an envelope here. Uh, Tapes coming in. Tapes I'm, coming I'm, in. I'm, I'm fired. It's yet to saying. be discovered. <laughs> Just before Christmas. Oh yeah, I should uh, should say what it says on the front. Um, Katsur hero. Oh no, God, I mustn't do that. Mustn't <laughs> I make an? Uh, I'll, I'll read it in uh, yeah my normal uh, language, my normal yes, words, normal voice. lyrics. Uh, Kazuhiro uh, Otsuka trial run tapes. They've they've sent us music before, haven't they? Two yep, times, right? twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Ku, no, Liabasha Ku. Uh, yeah, so from Japan to Copper Saddam Nine. Rena, how many times have you moved? You're still there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to track down David Bowie and Iggy Pop and uh, and Roger Eno, for example, to the houses. Now they can track Renus down to his his actual location <laughs> and leave leave notes on his bicycle and his tour bicycle. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm opening it, and, and it's tradition to smell the packet. Do you know that one of my bicycles bicycles is Bi- on the Russian Finnish border? No way. Well, how, are you, how are you going to get it back? Karelia? Never, never. Oh no! That you were saying the other day that loads of bicycles have been stolen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sent to Africa, no. No, Came from no, Africa. no, no. They just uh, commissioned uh, a gang to yeah. go to get some bi- bicycles go, go because around. they needed to bring uh, African immigrants uh, to the Finnish border, mm. and that was, of course, the entrance to Europe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they all arrived on a bicycle. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, they couldn't <laughs> enter the finished border because the Finns they closed the border mm, right and then the Russians came to pick those uh, Africans up in mm. buses mm. and all those bicycles were there just piled up just thrown down including yours including and wow. of course how do you get so many bicycles if you need them mm. being a Russian you send someone to steal them mm. and that's how uh, they just not, not saying that all Russians steal bicycles but they do yeah. And and, <laughs> okay. and and so uh, they took my bicycle. I mean, if you want to, st- if you if if you are a decent, self-respecting thief, mm. you go for an e-bike uh-huh. because you make money with that, and you don't steal my bike. Yeah, but they've got GPSs that can attach to them and things like that. Yours has just got some fingerprints of yourself. Yeah, and, and then you got the lousy fifty track euro it for down, it. Are they? Yeah, and it's got a number on it. Yep. Nine six nine. Okay, so so if you see a bicycle with <laughs> yellow nine, yellow nine. background, black number nine six nine. I remember because you could read it from every direction, and uh, yeah. Well, that was uh, my yeah, bicycle. That's going out for Rinus's bicycle there. So. Bike thieves are the worst, man. I mean, yeah. people get people get attached to bikes and skateboards and cars and stuff like that and someone just five absconding years, Jason. absconding with your bicycle five years like, 20,000 kilometers that's half yeah, that's halfway horrible. around wow. the world that's horrible I mean that's completely around the world because the rest is water you won't go on your bicycle anyway mm-hmm. so uh, yeah mm-hmm. no. that's horrible huh? mm-hmm. yeah we, we all agree we all agree on that one uh, okay, this tape that I'm holding in my hand now that I just opened, uh, maybe... But maybe the thief is dead by now. <laughs> okay, okay. Why, was there was one of the spokes not... Karma. Karma. Ah, I thought you didn't believe in karma, Renus. For, for other people, yes. Yep. 
Okay. In, in, in certain cases, I do. Okay. Okay. I am not uh, laughing or chortling or anything else. Trial Run 2. I guess we played Trial Run 1 before. Produced and edited by Trial Run 1984. Whoa. This is from 1984, this game. I'm curious to hear that. Whoa. It's taken so long Whoa, to get here. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just arrived. What's the state on uh, the, the date? <laughs> the date on the state. Uh, that's yeah. why it arrived later because the other one was from 1989 yeah. if I remember right it was wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and that seemed like yeah right. 1984 is is uh, the name of that's a bigger loop Some, something no? that uh, yeah, yeah. Right. should be a book um, okay uh, Freddy Land Freddy Land it says on it and there's three pictures of no, there's three images of some kind of creatures is that the brand like of the tape penguins what do you is it no I think well, it's on both sides. Yeah, of course it would be, even if it was something else. It's not a Sony, it's a Freddy Land. Freddy Land, yeah. There you go. Look, oh. I'm handing it over to Renus there. It's going into the uh, I'm tape so happy. cassette machine. Yeah. And. Uh, That's actually the. <laughs> it's maybe, Mim, can you tell me what the smell of Japan is from, from that envelope? Mickey. Okay, Freddy Land. They came from Japan. The smell. So. A, little, a little bit like chrysanthemums. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's Ooh, a film, a dad isn't there? Tape. A beautiful film. Uh, in, they said, you sent it from a funeral. From Japan. Huh. About a chrysanthemum, but in Japanese, I can't remember what the name of the... What it is. Or is it daisies? What, chrysanthemums. Oh, it reminds oh. me. We will uh, return it, with that. But, that's but we what will you get outside the graveyard. Hmm. Okay. What chrysanthemums? Mm-hmm. Mm. Here goes. Mm. Trial tapes. Trial run two. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
trial run two. I'm a fan. You're a fan, of, um, and completely. Um, Mim, you were just saying what it sounds like. Oh, like like muddy boots or boots squelching in <laughs> maybe three inches of very tacky mud, mm. and then some quite wild wind blowing through some electronic wind chimes something in the trees I, I don't know something to a distance I got something up up there mm. up high mm. and then something below the feet ah, yeah. going on mm. that reminds me of a series that I used to watch um, and it was Japanese about a guy during the Japanese Chinese war in Manchuria in the 30s yeah, yeah. And, mm. and, and that guy he was not uh, walking through muddy uh, Muddy, mud, muddy puddles muddy puddles or whatever uh, but through snow and the only ah, thing I can remember snow. from that series is one tiny black figure and a lot mm. of white because it was black and white uh, <laughs> television yeah, yeah. I was so impressed and, and only by that that guy walking in the snow and, and was freezing cold and, and I guess he tried to get home it's a certain kind of lassie mm. in second world war mm. Japanese mm. yeah okay your turn Pointing um, to Jason. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of something I was looking at this morning when I was just waking up before I went to work. I was scrolling through my feed and all of a sudden there these different historical groups I belong to. What's his name? The guy who did Lord of the Rings, the New Zealand... Peter oh, Russell? Peter, oh, I thought it was Tolkien. Name? Peter Russell? Yeah, me too. The director who did Lord <laughs> of the Rings and this, that and the other thing. Hmm. Uh, you, you know, Peter, Peter, yeah. Is it? Right. Well, he got a hold of a whole bunch of... Um, um, British World War One footage mm. that he then colorized and edited. Ah, right. And it's from 1916, 1917. These young English boys like stomping through the mud in Belgium, mm. and you know they don't. Most of them probably had never seen a movie camera in their life, and how they're stopping and just like gawking at yeah. this fact that the who what is this prison have attached to its head and right. why is it pointed at me mm. <laughs> and these guys just literally like looking at it and scratching their heads it was really amazing to look at but amazing. the sound editing was mm. fantastic because mm. they had all the earth sounds that, like you just mentioned sorry mm. the squashy the squishy boots and all that sound and then mm. you know some English guy in the back going, ah! yelling and everyone's howling at each other mm. and you know cut mm -hmm. yeah yeah anyway just the crossing of uh, the Berezina if it was a Berezina the river in uh, Zerkola, Meros, by uh, <gasps> Tarkovsky. Yes. He did some footage in it as well. Mm. And uh, there I understood how he worked. Because he showed the river, mm. and the river had a certain pace, and it was very oh, slow. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, that's the same thing what your camera does all the time. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, m maybe that's why he chose it. And uh, mm. all, all these horses and, and soldiers just falling over each other mm. Mm. yeah I never understood that movie and, and now every night now and then I see it, it announced and it's about Isn't something it, I forgot I thought it was like more an autobiography yeah it, it is something but life, to me it's just images and and, and, mm. and something breaking through yeah. the ceiling mm. and a woman just moving with her hands and her hair in slow motion mm. and and, mm -hmm. and 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 uh, mm. Uh, there was also a miracle attached to that um, kind of miracle because uh, he wanted 
that certain location and he wanted a field with uh, flowering buckwheat, mm. buckwheat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the farmers in the, in the neighborhood said from no 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 impossible that will never happen mm. that that won't grow here and it happened mm. Mm. Oh. Uh, yeah, talking about movies and you always kill a conversation no I'm picturing the buckwheat <laughs> 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 oh dear do you want a sip of my cup of tea <laughs> Don't don't T- flob T- in will there. Sort everything out. Don't flob. <laughs> I haven't word that. I haven't word. I haven't heard that for a long time. That'd be the name of a band, couldn't it? The flob. flobbers. Yeah. <laughs> flob number one. Flobbo and the flobs. Renus, this is addressed again to your uh, to your address in Kotbusadam here in Berlin. Loads yeah, I of don't, stamps on uh, the front. I don't trust your uh, trust po- my address. Your post box. My post box? Yeah. In what sense? Oh, yeah, the, 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 we shouldn't get things posted to the uh, yeah. one downstairs. Well, we I mean, things do arrive there, but, um, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I, how would you know if something was lost? Yes. How do you know? Because somebody sent it. Yeah. Um, and you don't receive it. Yeah. Right. That's the definition of being lost. Isn't it? Um, I just want to quickly go back to Tarkovsky, because when... Uh, when we first arrived in St. Petersburg many, many years ago to do a performance and stuff like that, I remember looking at the the um, the lake, not the lake, but I don't know what it's called. The goes, river is the river. Neva. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Lake Ladoga is up the above St. Petersburg. Ah. Lake Ladoga ah. is mm-hmm. there, or mm. to the northwest. But looking mm. at the... Um, the way the uh, pond, it was pondweed mm. moving uh, really slowly and instantly it was... I could see where this mm. kind of uh, sense in, I think it was in Stalker or, no, or oh, one of the other yeah. films, you know, it was so poetic. Mm-hmm. Like being in St. Petersburg was mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. about it was, mm-hmm. was poetry, it mm-hmm. seemed. I've, you know. I've been there in winter and in summer mm. and the, the river, the Nevo, freezes mm. over and they've mm. got the gold statues mm-hmm. around mm. the Hermitage. I've only been there, I've only been there in winter. Oh. I've never been to St. Petersburg this summer. Wow. I'd love to see that. Mm. Yeah. The white, the endless, the endless. The white nights, it's called. Right. Yeah, white nights. Mm. Um, the sun would go down. Mm, sunset would be about midnight, quarter past midnight, mm-hmm. and then half two in the morning. It's already back up. Yeah, it never got nighttime. It was just like right. twilight. I've experienced that in Finland. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Amazing, yeah, and yeah, going across the forest as well because I think we went from Helsinki to St. Petersburg by train. Oh wow! Oh wow! So it took about eight hours, as far as mm. I remember. But <laughs> and then the the Russian guards coming in and uh, checking <clears throat> everything out and, <laughs> and stuff because we had loads of equipment and mm. wondering what was going to happen because we'd heard other artists had had their um, their material or their artwork sent to Moscow, and it, and it hadn't appeared at this at this place. Mm. You know, so, but I wouldn't rely on those people for anything. Yeah, when I I lived in Leningrad for about six oh, six yes, weeks, and yes. I had to oh, I had to disguise myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can remember Anton saying, "In Russia, you must be invisible," mm. and I had to wear just quite dowdy clothes and not look at each. Anyone, just mm. like, yeah. That's Anton so I could get around. from Why from the that? Dance company. Just so it was 1990, and it was a bit of a difficult time, mm. and people would have just asked me for, I don't know, just mm. just to not 
get uh, black marketeers approaching sure. me. Figuring out somewhere they could hustle you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I had to keep my passport on me for mm-hmm. ID if I was stopped. But mm-hmm. that would have been a really valuable thing to have had. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to move around the city without anyone mm-hmm. bothering me. I do yeah. remember coming out of a deli in St. Petersburg and my friends were inside or the, my, the people that I was working with and stuff. And this, this, I came out before them and this Russian policeman came up to me and asked uh, me for my passport. Ah, mm-hmm. And he, he was drunk no, and he was holding a bag with, I guess, vodka or whatever it was in it. But he was really drunk. And I gave him my passport oi, and he was looking oi. for my visa and he couldn't find it. And mm. I, I had alarm bells in my head going. Oi. And I thought, when my friends come out, and they came out, and then they started walking away, and I was like, I've got no, one moment no. here to grab my passport and, run for and then it. just turn and not look back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I remember ah, that. That's pretty crazy. So was it because you looked different that he stopped you? You didn't look like a Russian person. Uh, I think I should, probably shouldn't have tried striking up a conversation oh. with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something mm. like that, I think. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I well while I'm opening the envelope, then you have something. Well, I think I think Jason Jason, Jason, Jason. was going to say something. No, it's a, a similar yeah. thing. I was in Saint Petersburg. Mm. A drunken cop walked up to me. Didn't ask to see my passport, but could tell that I wasn't Russian. Um, I told him I was American. He plugged my nose and tried to <laughs> pour vodka down my. <laughs> That's throat. it. Now I remember. This guy wanted me yeah, to drink it was with him. Absolutely ridiculous. He yeah, thought I was Scottish, him, yeah. and there was football, and ah, he was talking about football, blah blah blah, yeah, all this yeah. sort of stuff. Oh, English? Oh, no, Scottish. Oh, blah, blah, blah. How about this? I had no idea ah. of what he was saying, and then uh, yeah. you know, and then it all got went horribly wrong. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and then you have to just run, <laughs> mm. or just turn around, not look back. Okay. okay, are we listening to Undertale? <laughs> well, when I've opened it, mm-hmm. I'm opening it, but I'm hoping it's not tearing open some kind of incredible artwork that right, someone's so been working on. It's so neat you actually get all these tapes submitted. That's yeah. fantastic. We send them to ourselves, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. You don't open them until this very moment. We've just ripped off the address where it was from, actually. Uh, yeah. Uruguay. It's from Uruguay. From, this is from Uruguay. Yep, yep. What? I'm going to smell what? the smell of Uruguay. Japan, Uruguay, right. and somewhere in the United States. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. This is really neat. So opening up, and there is a CD inside, and it's uh, Corvus Krasny 2.0. Not sure who... Oh, and there's a spaceman on front, and it and it's dedicated to Valentina Tereshkova. Tereshkova. So there's she? the Russian connection. I'm. It must. Well, there's a star above it, so it must be a cosmonaut. Oh, uh, maybe the first female uh, cosmonaut. Oh wow! Jason, a, your department. Yeah, maybe Renus. You can uh, go into great detail about this. What's happening now? A cosmonaut I'm pulling the this. Is Valentina Tereshkova said oh. the first female. Uh, mm. Yeah, of that course. There, there, there she is. And there's a sticker. Oh, wow. there's She's a sticker on the back side. Hey. Yes. Oh. Yes. That's her. The reverse. Yeah. Wow. wow. So that's the wife of... Uh, Yuri Gagarin? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right. Well, very good. Yeah. An amazing image. Oh, and, and we usually forget... So they're both 150, six mm. foot. There is something in uh, five here. Five foot. Probably says Dear Renus. Yeah. Oh, it's empty. It's an empty... Maybe it has invisible ink on we it. We have to write it. Yeah, we we'll get a candle. Got a smell on it. Someone has a lemon. Have a sniff. Okay. Exactly. Lemon smells. So the, the blank piece of folded paper... Oh, oh. Oh, you can read it, I mean, come on. 
I don't know, it's got a kind of smile. I'm looking at it because it's been folded. It's got kind of a sad smile. Oh, Ooh. well, let's take a photo of that for our for Well, our also, the, yeah. Mim's showing up. I see underwear. Mim's covering her entire face by a blank blank piece of paper. Uh, okay, that, yes, it does look like a smile, doesn't it? Maybe you can poke holes to get smile. the eyes. Oh. Or, if I turn it that way, Woo. it's all about perspective. It is. Mm. Nice. Okay. You can't see this in Radio Land, but, no. but we can see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look at that. So the seat. Oh, what's that? Smells nice. I'm just going to put the CD in. Mm. CD. Smells of Uruguay, where there's free hushies, not free wheat. Uh, I don't know about that. but Yeah, um, yeah, it's legalized. It's nice. I think it's one of the first countries where they legalized it. Medical? No, 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 no. Recreational. Maybe you can ask Jason if you. What can you smell in there, Jason? You can always do this. Uh, sort of <laughs> throw up an invisible uh, ball and then do the the trick. Of, if you throw me a ball, Jason, can you throw you a ball? Throw, yeah, throw like, me an, we'll an invisible Ready, ball. Just bounce it off the. Oh, oh yeah, there there. So Morecambe and Wise tricked that one when I first saw it on I Christmas TV. The paper smells a little bit like a very mild aftershave. Oh, mm. wow. oh impossible. They both have beards. Or maybe, oh. maybe <laughs> I'm looking to see if there's a bit of beard hair. Or maybe they go for my, oh, I don't use this anymore, so let's sprinkle oh. this on our, on our letters. That's nice. Oh. Mm. Okay. I, I imagine it smells like their shirt collar. Mm. That's what, if they wear shirts. Mm. This to me smells like air. <laughs> Uruguayan smell of air. Yeah, and yeah. we've got Pretty a signed CD. And wait a minute, they've got they, it's written. The news, the the letter is written down, on Rangers. the Calm CD. Uh -huh. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, we sell this now. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we can auction it off. Dear Renas and friends, that's you. That's you. Mm -hmm. All of us. Um, we hope you there. In Radio On, will find enjoyable and a bit experimental enough to your taste. Mm -hmm. Warm greetings from Uruguay, Guillermo and Alvaro. Wow. And Guillermo has his own picture signed, Guillermo. And Alvaro has his own picture signed, Alvaro. Nice. What do you think about that? Come on. I'm curious what it sounds like. Adrian. Wonderful. Look at it's that. It's signed, yeah. Eh? I thought it was part of the design. No, that's signed. That huh? They're signed limited edition. One. <laughs> copies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we should play this, really, shouldn't right. we? Because like, yep. our audience are on the edge of their seats wondering what's going to come through the, um, through the CD player, if it works. Let's see. You can do it. <laughs> soviética de la Guerra Fría y un sonido que ellos mismos definen como brutalismo artesanal. Soy Ruth y ellos son Corbis.
Radio on with our guests Mim King, Jason Oni, and uh, Renus and myself. Well, we, we should tell them who they, they, they were listening space. to. Corvis, Corvis, this is C U C O R V I S. Corvis. Sounds like uh, somebody uh, name in Holland. Mm. Corvis. Cor, like Cornelius, mm-hmm. and Vis, like fish. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, people are caught like that and then they stand on the market and sell flowers um, and the title of uh, the CD is Krasny to zero and Krasny means Krasny? I don't know, I don't know. What beautiful Okay. How, was, how, how did, would I know that? How did you know that? Well, you, well, you all have been to St. Petersburg and you don't know what Krasny is I okay. yeah, I didn't speak much um, Russian though uh, and, 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 and we we we've got the safety. Da, Russia. Uh, you Russia, see, yeah. uh, and we, uh, we have the safety dance people there. Oh yeah, we have. Uh, the, yeah, we have. It's the, almost the same music, no? They, they should be. They should be friends. One of the founders so. of that band sent us a CD. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's how famous we are in <laughs> Toronto. Oh, you in can dance own, if you own, want to. Yeah. <laughs> in our own lunchtime. Oh, that song is so irritating. But Rena, so you mm. said you would not want to go to space. 
You wouldn't want to be a cosmonaut or... No, no, like no, 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 no. <laughs> saying no. how proud you would be for... I mean, I, I, I even don't travel second class because it's <laughs> just, I get claustrophobic in it. Talking and, about bicycles. Uh, uh, <laughs> so being being in in, in 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 a space that's just a little bit no. bigger than myself, no, yeah, and no. and go so far away, mm. and knowing that no. if something happens to me, like no. having a panic attack, when I want to get out, no. you yeah, can't yeah, get yeah. out, yeah. you yeah. die. Sure. Yeah, but you have all that training and everything. Surely you go round and round. But that's why I fail. I fail. <laughs> yeah. but sure. They point me out. And I say, "For you, go into space," mm. and I say, "No, mm. I fail." And then you go. Oh. Oh, now I, I can't remember the name of this Russian writer. Oh, they bury you alive, Pally, and that might be part of the someone, training program. Pelly, someone. There's a Russian writer that wrote that wrote a story about um, uh, training kids to go up into space, but they they are there's no money for the Russian space star city and all this, so they they go. Oh, what do they do? They break the legs of all the all the students first, and then they have to oh. go around with wheels on or something and. Yeah. Pelly, Pelygun, Pelygun. Beg your pardon. He's a sci-fi, <laughs> Russian sci-fi writer. Ah, name escapes me. But um, but that's a segue to Jason, your your dad. Yeah. Tell us all, all about your dad. Everything. By, by, by the way, would, would part part of the training of going into space is yeah, just going jump on a trampoline? Yeah, first. Yeah, that's the first day. Wait, as a kid, as a kid, no. <laughs> that's the first day. And, and if you stay up very really long, mm. from then you've got mm. talent. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But they, don't they start off with uh, as test pilots and things like that? All these, Jason, no idea. Um, huh? Your dad, Jason. Your dad wasn't he? There's an Apollo connection. Yeah, my dad was on the took part in both the Apollo 11 and 12 recovery missions. Mm. Wow. That means. Um, uh, I'm, I'm less sure about Apollo 12, but I know for a fact Apollo 11, he was chief of the crew that hoisted the module out of the Pacific mm. and planted it on the deck of the USS Hornet. Mm. Wow. And then the funny story I always tell is that they were uh, water blasting the module and all of that gold foil that... Uh, um, was in place to help prevent the module from... Burning up when it re-entered the, re through the atmosphere. When it comes yeah. through the atmosphere, right? Yeah. Um, so they were blasting all that stuff off, okay. and that gold foil was lying around. All over. My <laughs> okay. dad just went, "I'll have that. I'll have that." <laughs> took it, took it, took it, and stuffed it and put it in an envelope and sent it to my mom. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Well, um, a few years, well, quite a few years later, my mom died. Oh. Okay. Um, I was radioactive. I, we were no. going through her mm. estate, so to speak. And my dad said, by the way, everyone, there's a letter addressed to her from me. And in it is the foil, the gold foil from the module from Apollo 11. <laughs> so if you find it, don't just throw stuff away. Wow. Look through every envelope. Look through every envelope, every envelope, right? Yeah. And then after about two or three days, we weren't finding it. And my dad was like, she could see his molar starting to grind. He was Aww. like, we're going to have a fucking seance. <laughs> oh, Where's that goddamn envelope? Oh, <laughs> so she anyway, always kept it in the envelope? Well, it was never recovered. Who knows oh, whatever happened to it? Wow. Who knows whatever happened to it? Wow. Um, it went to. Right. But anyway, he just... Um, um, he just said that uh, he can distinctly remember seeing um, it wasn't like a comet. It wasn't like a meteor or something, but just all of a sudden, wow. and then seeing this module way up there slowly swing its <laughs> way down 
to earth. Wow. You know? Oh, because it was a had parachutes. Yeah. Three parachutes yeah. attached to it. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So think about all the myriad of things that could have gone wrong with any mm. of those missions. Mm. Yeah. And yet it all happened to fucking... And, it, and in the right place right. where they could get wow. to Talk it. about some micro-organization, huh? Some micromanaging and figuring wow. things out and making sure... Yeah. You know? And then um, he also remembers, too, seeing that when they hoisted the module out of the Pacific and planted it on the deck of the Hornet, seeing, you know, Aldrin and uh, oh. John Glenn insert just like fucking waving like crazy oh. at the guys and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah he, wow. said, he, said, he, said, he said it really made his hair stand up. Oh, know? wow. Because oh. they yeah. wouldn't have seen another human for a while. Right, but those are the first people who ever <laughs> yeah. went oh, to the moon. As yeah. far as we know, the first people who ever went to the moon. Yeah. You know? yeah. One thing that I think is kind of neat is was that Neil Armstrong and John Glenn actually landed on the surface of the moon, right? Yeah. But the only person who mm. didn't land on the moon, mm. uh, the first the, the first batch of humans to go up there, mm. okay, is the only person, even though he didn't land on the moon, but is the only person in world history, the first person ever in world history, who actually saw the dark side of the moon. Because when those guys were on the surface, wow. the module was uh. orbiting the moon the entire time. Uh. So I think wow. Aldrin, Aldrin was in the module. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the controls mm. the entire time when those guys were down there conducting their experiments gathering rocks and the, whatever those guys did taking photos leaving, taking photos, leaving ju- footprints leaving footprints all over, <laughs> flags <laughs> flags um, uh, but he actually saw the dark side of the moon I think mm. that's pretty amazing wow. Yeah, oh, he actually God. saw it he saw it he saw it he actually mm. saw it so that's pretty neat wow. that's pretty neat you can say okay I didn't get to walk on the moon but I saw the dark side mm. of the moon I wonder what he saw if it was dark how much of it he good could good question see. I think that, I think it's been documented. I think it's been wow, filmed, photos really? taken of it. Yeah, he was the entire time. They were documenting everything. Did you guys see that special that came out about 12, 15 years ago mm. about the Apollo 11 mission in which um, they just basically documented the preparations for it, what life was like on board uh, in that little control compartment when those guys were in the rocket. And mm. They had the cassette tape that they were always listening to oh. with the country music on it yes, and stuff like that. Yes, that was really music. amazing. And all the footage of the different parts of the rocket being jettisoned <sighs> as that thing. And then that long, and then that stretch that they flew from way out of Earth's atmosphere all the way to the moon and then getting oh, there. You know, so I, every once in a while I still encounter young people who say, well, it's impossible that human beings went <laughs> to the moon. I said, okay, well, I see why you might think it's impossible that people actually landed on mm. the moon, mm. but do you know how many countries have actually mm. sent stuff to the moon? Have sent stuff to the moon. Mm. Iran has sent stuff to the moon. China a, has sent stuff a to post the moon. Office on Pakistan the moon. has sent stuff to the moon. All these people have sent stuff to the moon. Mm. And they've all, in fact, just didn't recently the Chinese just uh, mm. orbited yeah. the moon a bunch of times. Okay. Um, okay, maybe they didn't land on it, but, but they went it's, a it's few not, times. Not, That's they the went thing, a few times, isn't right? It? Not not just once. Right. Yeah. So if you're all you youngsters out there, Apollo eleven, Apollo yeah. twelve, and yeah. then, like, was it Apollo thirteen or fourteen? That car, that funky little, little cars on the moon, funky little the moon car. buggy, the moon yeah, buggy. Exactly. <laughs> There'll be e-scooters on the moon next. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've I've spoken to people because um, you know, I'm in this tour business. And I constantly talk to people. I meet people from all over the world, right? Mm. And anymore, you don't so much meet older people, but every once in a while, you meet an older person. And I'll always get a tap on my shoulder saying, "Oh, are you, are you really American?" I said, "Yeah, I'm really American." And they said, "Oh, you know, I can remember in high school in Russia, or I can remember in high school in Israel, or I can remember in high school in mm. Iran, or I can remember things like that." And they actually stopped school for the day, and they took us into the auditorium. Mm. And wow. on TV, we watched 
the moon landing. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. watched oh, it. When we yes. Were, yeah, yep. Go on, Mim. Go on, yeah, please. Yeah, I can remember <laughs> at school, we had these big, they were like TV sets in a wooden box on long wheels, and they were wheeled into the mm-hmm. classroom. And I can also remember going to bed and my dad coming and waking me up yep. and letting wow. me go downstairs I to see exactly the moon I remember exactly the same landing. thing. Wow, How wow, old wow. were you, Mim? Six, seven? I was... I'm a bit older, maybe ten, yeah. nine or ten. Because I was two. It was 1969. And I remember them, they had yeah. a black and white TV. And, and I was nine. I have a vague yeah. memory of, yeah, with the, they, my dad, I mean, my da- they said that they brought us down and we had to watch mm. these guys landing on this or walking around mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Waving to us. Mm-hmm. With strings attached to them. It's amazing. Yeah. Or was that another program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it was in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. it was then. Okay, earliest memory, I, I think. Earliest memory. I, I remember it being really exciting. I thought maybe I was dreaming it. Yep. Then I pooed my nappy. <laughs> by by um, the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, readers, back to back no, to no, 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 no. Just, just like uh, Guillermo and Alvaro, uh, this was still the review of your. Uh, of your CD. It is, yes, yes. Continue, it's connected. Continue. It's connected. Oh, I, I also want to, I've just looked up, and it was Victor Pelevin. Look him, look him up, folks out there. He's a Russian author okay. um, of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Lesser known, but a, a mutual fiction. friend of ours, Anya uh, Zenitsnikova. I was in a dance piece with her, and, and it was based on this... Uh, based on this book that he made called Omon-Ra. Mm. And that was the one about these these Russian sort of mm-hmm. cosmonauts that never went to space, but they they were kind of using them and, yeah, abusing them, I guess. Mm-hmm. The, the terror of it all, as Renus um, can only imagine. Yeah. Do you know how cosmonauts and astronauts breathe where they get their oxygen from? Good question. Cans? Was that cans? Oxygen cans? That's what I, I had thought. Yeah. It was all there in loads of cylinders and yeah, stuff. Sure. Be, but I got really wondering because one cosmonaut was up there beyond a year, wasn't mm, he? Right, right. Over 365 days. Mm. And I was thinking, well, how, how do they know they've got enough oxygen? Mm. Okay. And just the thing of not having fresh air coming mm-hmm. in. Like this room. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can imagine... Recycling every bit of water that we're drinking. That's what they do. They recycle all the fluids. Mm-hmm. And so they extract the oxygen. They, they, yeah, a process called electrolysis where, so they're we. They're, mm. So, I'm sorry, I don't need to say we, but I just say it again. <laughs> you did. She water, said it. coffee, yeah. everything, all those fluids mm. are recycled. A process of electrolysis mm. then separates the oxygen and the hydrogen. Mm. And that's where they get their oxygen from, recycled no water. Okay. And all, so all the water up there is all the water, like all the water in the world is all the water there ever was. So any water up there in, in, in the ISS mm-hmm. is the water from their bodies. And there you go. Well, so did it come back? Did he come back? Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, he came back. No, but also the back. oxygen. Get, ah. Is there like like a, a valve on, on that thing so that every now and then there's a... Pfft. Well, what they do, the methane they let out, yeah. There's a valve that lets out methane you gas. S- ah, well, um, so the earth lost weight? 
<laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's because some of bit. that water. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but with comets and they oh no no not the comets hit, you think? hit Earth very not very often but um, but yeah that's yeah. so for everything they send Water. out we get something back yeah. supposed to have come from space mm-hmm. maybe they're the, like the postal uh, workers of space yeah sending but yeah like all that oxygen stuff. in there would then come back and all the water in their body would then come back so they should sell it like pieces of the Berlin Wall. Oh, Recycled I, oxygen I, from space. Can I please just read this really quickly? It's just about... Is it Bavala Lin? Lin? Victor Pelevin's short science fiction novel, Omon Ra, a satirical take on the now obsolete Soviet space program following a young man with dreams of becoming an astronaut who realises that the training is not what he expected it to be. Amazing. Yes. Hmm. Like everything Quite else in this show... Well, it was dis- yes, it, he was disappointed. Yeah, no disinformation. Is it? Oh, I you want to go you, further? Yeah, it's just yeah, but something that's kind like of a more, taster, oh, isn't okay, it? Or you yeah. want to make it a bit more exciting? Yeah. Right? Uh, as a teenager, Omon Ra has an epiphany. He decides there is only one way to break free of Soviet Russia, and that is by leaving the planet. Not wanting to live on Earth anymore, he declares that he will be an astronaut. His parents don't take him seriously at first, but this doesn't deter him. Yeah, something like that. That's him yeah, becoming an astronaut. An, uh, an astronaut. An uh, astronaut. Yes, yes. Mm. one of those, one of those things. Did you? When I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. Also, I didn't understand evolution, so I also wanted to become a gorilla as well. I didn't know how you grew up. I thought you just suddenly turned into things and stuff. You wanted to be a gorilla when you were a kid? Yeah. What, you thought well, you could grow into Well, I into thought one. I could grow into another animal or something like that. Do you guys recall, I think you had it in Europe as well too, but there used to be a magazine for kids that the National Geographic Society used to publish. It was called World. Do you oh. guys remember World? No, And the no. poster kid for World, like in between like 1973 and like 1970, or between 1972 and 1975, was this albino gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, this young gorilla, oh. a male or a female, mm. not even juvenile, just like this really young, young, young albino gorilla. And mm. oh, I can't remember the name of this gorilla, but man, he or she was posted everywhere. Mm. Posters, t-shirts, um, came up again and again and again in instruction in school and stuff like that. Anyway, mm. so mm. I thought maybe you wanted to become an, an albino gorilla, uh, Julian. If I went back in time, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. What did you What did you want to be when you were young, Jace? I don't I don't know if I really wanted to be anything. Hmm. Um, I mean, like really young. Talk about uh, like one year old. I don't know. If I, 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 I remember not really wanting to have anything. Ah. I remember I remember looking at my parents and kind of saying, "Okay, so this is it. You get to be like older, and then you just sit in this yeah, sure, box of wood, and like Crazy. this is this is this is the future. This is ah. oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> really? That's it? That's mm. it? And I remember one time uh, in eighth grade, um, somebody, one of the parents at this private school that I went to was associated with this young CEO. Uh, Silicon Valley and this guy picked us up and took us over to his facility building and basically showed us what it was he was doing in the Silicon Valley and like kids this is what the future can really be like you Uh guys can make this shit happen and I remember just thinking (laughs) 
really that's it uh-huh. we wear like these stupid clothes and like sit in <laughs> yeah, his sure. office and like yeah, sure. tell people what to do as they push around wow papers and and just do these quasi important things really that's it mm. um i thought it was neat that my dad was a pilot i think it was neat that my father mm. spent time at sea mm. i thought that was totally neat mm. um but everybody else just trying to make a fast buck in the silicon valley nothing about that seemed interesting to me mm. you know and my mom would badger me and say well what are you going to do are you just going to be, do you just want to be a shoe salesman? <laughs> okay. Do you just want to work in a supermarket your entire life? Or why don't you become a CEO? Why don't you wear a suit and sit behind a desk and wow. do that? I was like, well, I don't like any of those choices. I don't like any of those choices. I don't know what I wanted to be. I never even really thought about it. I just like being with my friends. I like being outdoors. Mm. I like being in the hills. I like mm. being in the beach. I like that. Yeah. So a beach boy then? I don't know if it's a beach boy. Um, but now at age 60, I mean, I think it's kind of cool that you see people out and about working, doing things that are mm. contributing to the grander good of the yeah. society that, you know, mm. I think that's admirable. I think people who do all the little work. But they'll be replaced. Dare I say the shit work, you know, robots, making sure the streets are clean and. Mm. Sure, sure. Yeah. They're hard jobs to get as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Mim, what was your. Any what I wanted to, aspirations. I can remember going to this grammar school and having to have an interview with the headmistress yeah. and her asking that very question. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine I'm that headmistress now. And, uh, Mim, Miriam King, uh, can you tell us what you, anything that you fancy doing yeah. in the future? A fashion designer. Oh. And I clearly remember saying a fashion Next. designer. And then she said, okay, what will the fashion be in five years' oh. time? And I, it links to what we've been talking about. This would have been 1970. 1970. Mm-hmm. And I said, silver all-in-one spacesuits. Nice. Like, but, but not like a proper spacesuit. But Gary like, Glitter. Like, you predicted like, oh, Gary Glitter. I did. I probably <laughs> predicted Gary Glitter. But I can remember thinking like a, like a silver lame zip up all in one mm-hmm. shiny nice. suit. That would be the fashion in 1975. Mm-hmm. I met Gary Glitter in about 1974. Uh, I hope I'm a distance. <laughs> no, I've got his autograph. Uh, my, my, my and bro- Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> right, wow. wow. Really? Well, Jimmy Fi- Jim, will, Jim will fix it. No, no, top of the pops. You were on top of the pops, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the other thing in the air, I grew up on a council estate by Wormwood Scrubs Prison, but not far, just further up the road, round the corner was the BBC TV studios, where Doctor Who would have been filmed. Mm. Well, some of that was done at Riverside Studios, but Top of the Pops was filmed there. So I'd go to Top of the Pops. Could you just now go? you stand in a line the at the studio? Uh, or? No. So how Lo- I got of in... Loads of questions. My school friend, Susan, her dad, Harry, he was a painter and decorator, like literally someone who painted walls. Yeah, he got a job in the in the BBC painting the set. Right. So he had a pass, BBC pass. Mm-hmm. So we would go on his pass with me and me and Susan and Susan's mum, and we'd we'd hang out in the green room wow. at top of the pops. And mm-hmm. if the right doorman was on the door to the actual studios, we'd mm-hmm. get in the building with this pass. But if the right person was on the door to the studio, we'd get in. So. And of course, I wanted to see David Bowie. Never saw him, but 
Donny Osmond. Really well. Oh, wasn't interested. No. Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. Did me hmm. Alice Cooper. It was Glitter Rock time, mm. so Slade. Sure. Sweet. Cooper. Alice yeah. Cooper. Mud. Um, 10cc. Uriah Heap. Gary Glitter. Stuff like that. No. Wizard. I remember. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So... There we go. Glitter How do we go to that? What do I want to be? We were talking about glitter, glitter, Gary Glitter. My brother yeah. delivered flowers to Gary Glitter once, apparently. That you can put on your CV. <laughs> now, hold on. What yeah. happened to Gary Glitter? Gary Glitter got busted for pedophilia, right? Yeah. Oh, they, they beheaded him in Thailand or what? Or, was he beheaded? In or, Thailand? Was he or maybe in Vietnam? I don't think so. But let's move quickly on to... But he's uh, in prison in one of those places, right? Yeah, you've seen uh, Deer Hunter... <laughs> Squeak like a pig. How no, like no, a pig? No, no, that's How a, like a pig? That's a, that's another one. That's a deliverance. But, oh, yeah, uh, that, that, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, mm. that's dueling banjos. That's mm. something else. Not dueling drums because mm. that, that was his thing. Wasn't it? So anyway, let me go. We're going round in circle, but um, we have another. Cassette. No, no, we, we no, have nothing no, else. Maybe, maybe, Whoa! Or maybe, maybe we have. No. Um, I'm sure there's a pile. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we, uh, yeah so this? everything's exploding, or something came out of the cassette tape. Uh, this is how. Some, take your, some take your, take your, started, it? take your pen and paper out. Mm, okay. But did you ever meet Mark? Take Paul? your pen and paper know. out. What's that? Uh, did you ever meet so Mark? That's uh, his mom. Bandcamp.com <laughs> slash wow. yum. His mum worked in the same building. ESV2 minus K559. Okay, wow. I, I love Mark. Oh, it's wonderful. 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 So we'll have subtitles. You know, this oh. show. He's responsible for so much stuff. So Talking about Mark Boland here in Cornwall. Oh, yeah. Mark mm. Ma Boland. That's, yep. uh, that's Boland. a Boney M song. No, that's Rasputin. No. Okay. Mm. Mark Boland. Oh, it was God. my first pinup. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What? Mm. Right on, right away, it's one. <laughs> golden Belt. The Golden yeah. Belt. I love the Golden Belt. I love it. Oh. Do you know that song, Golden Belt? I don't know if you, but that's one of his that. more fringier ones. Wow, it's mm. absolutely gorgeous. And, and Steve Took? Yes. Yeah, Paragon yes. Took. Steve, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, what was that weird band called that he had? Um, ah. uh, Name that band. Right. Steve Took had a side band aside from yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. And, you're right. I forget right now. The Steve Took Troop. No. Steve Took. I Steve Peregrine Took. took. <laughs> Steve Took. Um, um, gnarly, gnarly Tooth. Gnarly Tooth. Oh, yeah, maybe. Gnarly That's Tooth familiar. or something. Like something Tooth. Spooky Tooth. Spooky Spoon. Tooth. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to, mo- um, I was going to say model, no, but I, I used <laughs> to babysit for uh, f- friends of my parents kids on the moors and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i would always leaf through their records and it was always uh like crosby stills and nash and mm. oh what else oh uh, uh what was the one about the uh, on the tyne on the time, my friend. Fairport Convention. Fairport Convention. Ah. Oh, it's not Fog on the Time. It's not Fairport Convention. No, Fog on the Time. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it Fairport True. Convention? I don't know. No, I don't it's, think it's so. Uh, no. Again, name that band. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> terrible. If there was only some kind of global system where you could just instantly look things up instead of looking at oh, God, encyclopedias. Oh, God, 
I, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's going to ta- come. Talking about this, it reminds me of being Nicky Garrett's roommate in San Francisco. <laughs> Nicky Garrett was this British punk rock guitarist mm-hmm. who did very well for himself oh, early on. Linda's Vaughn. Linda's Vaughn. I hated these records, and, but then le- years later I got into them. Anyway, it wasn't so much Fairport Convention, it wasn't this stuff, but it was more like Steel Eye Span, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pentangle, well. all of this. Oh, uh, we were just getting Gentle Giant, we were just getting bombarded by all this stuff. <laughs> and I appreciated the fact that someone was showing me the music. I, I love the idea of the music, I love the idea mm. of the bands and the stories of the personalities mm. and stuff like that, but when you would sit there and actually have to listen to the music, you would go, mm-hmm. ah, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Rena, so you got your fingers on a something there. You got your finger on the button. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> there it is. I just tell that that was a little segment, and don't ask me the title, but it is from uh, a remix. Uh, um, uh, how do you tell? Rian spends his glasses on. How do you tell people what uh, what a remix order uh, sent out by uh, Tsi uh, from the label uh, Night on Earth, mm. and he asked his friends to 
remix one track of one of the releases that he did. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, it's it's all computer written on the inside of a cassette tape, oh. mm. and the ink leaked a little mm. bit out. So it's oh. just figures, mm. and maybe it's also scripture, but that's for the initiated. Mm. Very nice. Okay, and and the thing is called uh, your <laughs> ego trip nightmare. <laughs> 20 years of Night on Earth. Hmm. Okay, that sounds like a very good uh, round-up yeah. for this Christmas and New Year. Quickly, uh, what's everyone, oh, wow. everyone got planned for their Christmases and New Year's? Well, actually, I wanted to ask resting. you. Well, resting, certainly. I do have to actually work Christmas Day, but mm. I was. what do you have planned for Christmas? Because um, Gabby and I and a bunch of people mm. were talking about making some food. Mm. Well, we're that's, your, that's your chance. Jump on it. It's <laughs> mm. another story for another time. But, however, um, we are heading to the disunited kingdom for Christmas uh, with okay. the family. Mm-hmm. Me and my, my daughter, my beautiful daughter. What you go to England a lot, man? What does it cost to fly from Berlin to? For you, you Jason. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm asking, not for me. I'm you asking just in general. can fit inside my suitcase. I can fold you up. Where do you I fly? have a suitcase do you, do, you fly, do you fly to Gatwick or somewhere? Where I mean, Gatwick's we, cheaper we, to fly into. We right? go to Bristol yeah. uh, to get to Plymouth, uh, to the southwest, and uh, then take a three and a half hour bus journey, mm. and then a coach Lordy and horses. Would God. you believe? Then we both have to get on. Then we both a have penny to get farthing. on. Exactly. With a uh, Meyer on the back. Yes, yes. And then a car and then walking and then et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. A three and a half hour long bus ride. That's true, yeah. My, mm. my daughter, when she was younger, did projectile vomit all over me twice. Mm. The first time I took her on that journey, Christmas journey. How Christmassy is that? Yep. So wow. Doesn't do that anymore, but, uh, but I always uh, carry a plastic bag just in case. Because the roads of Devon go up and down and up and mm, round and, and all mm-hmm. around. And Mim, Christmas, New Year. What? What? Where am I going to be? Any what? plan? Where are you going to uh, be? I Brighton? will be no, Finden Valley with my daughter. Uh, her family, yeah. I'm, I'm a granny. <laughs> of China. China. My China, my China girl, mm. yeah. I don't know New Year. I don't know really? either. Oh, we're coming back to You'll Berlin back on New Year's here, Eve. Very late, yeah. So it's two weeks, isn't it? Two weeks it'll be New Year. And Berlin can be pretty crazy in the New Year with uh, lots yeah. of fireworks and uh, various weaponry. Yeah, I think they will put uh, set cars on fire on his own and alley, no? Um. Uh, is, that, is that what you're doing that, for New Year then, readers? No, no, I, I, I might open the window <laughs> and, and listen to it, but. Uh, Little Gaza might be located yeah. uh, somewhere between yeah. Zon and Ali and ah, Karamax, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, that's something to look forward to, anyway. And we we wish peace and on and uh, and joy and happiness to everyone on planet Earth, of course, mm-hmm. and beyond. Any last words? For I'm them? fine. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> too many, so many stories. I shouldn't say too many stories. So many stories. It's incredible. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, again, if you want to join Radio One at any time, it's www.radioonberlin.com. One, one last thing. Well, we There's always we, one last we, thing. We, we do, no, my last thing. Yeah. We don't have any listeners anyway, but if you are a listener, mm. um, we are slowly running out of tapes that in an envelope. 
that we can uh, review. Uh, so send in, send in, send in. And as you've heard uh, today, this evening, we just play everything, which is not a disqualifier of what you send in because we like everything. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, this podcast will go out to all your major plod plodcast platforms. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. Miriam King in the corner there. Yeah. Jason Oney. Thanks, you guys. Have Venus a good night. Van Alabic and myself, James Shepard. Thank you. And good night. Wow. Baby. More music, more music, more music, more music. I had such scary dreams last night. Oh, we really? Leave it on that. Come, we are going back on air. <laughs> Good night. You have been listening to Radio on Berlin. Yeah. That was great. That was super. Yeah. That was non-stop. Like, yeah, two amazing. hours. What a team. Yeah. <laughs> Apollo 11, David Bowie. Yeah. Wormwood I, Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> I built from Airfix Apollo 11. <laughs>